Waking Up From Work podcast. My name is Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. Hey, what's up, community? Welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. This is your host, Dave Swillam. This is episode 22 that you're listening to today. And today is a super, super inward episode for me because I actually bring my wife onto the podcast, and I've never done that before. And um, it's really cool to kind of bring her out into this audience because I don't know that, I don't know how many of you have gotten the chance to meet her. There's definitely some people that have gotten that chance, which is great. Um, but we talked today about basically all of these things that we're going after, this passions, these jobs, these careers, and everything that you're going after. And something that we haven't talked about on any of the episodes and something that I've had to do a lot of personal growth through is how do we manage those in a relationship? And better yet, how do we manage those so that if our partner is also trying to do some big tasks that we don't stamp on each other and we support each other and basically both go after our goals together as a team and a unit to really take out and crush our goals and and help each other get rid of these obstacles in the way instead of put more in the way. And um, this one was super personal to me because by the time you're listening to this, I'm actually moving Meg into vet school down in Tennessee, like as you're listening to this, I'm like renovating a house or some shit or I'm getting yelled at by some Southerners. And, um, you know, we went through quite a bit to, to make this happen, but we're in a really great place right now. And I want to share this to kind of like anyone that's in my past self situation where you're both trying to find that balance of how you're going to go after this together and how it really is important for you to hit the other side together too. And I think that there's some value that you can find from the conversation on both sides of the fence of, you know, how do we make this happen? So really pumped up to have you guys here. Thank you for sticking around. Check it out. Today, if you guys have been in on some of the episodes recently, we kind of went out and did a bunch of episodes with some other podcasters. And then I've just been going through some crazy life changes. So now we're kind of coming back in a little bit. Last episode, I did it with my sister talking about the Down syndrome community in her book and how you could publish a book like super, super crazy easy if you put some time in. Um, And Mm -hmm. then this week, I actually for the first time have my lovely wife, Megan Swillam. I'm bringing her on because if you've been kind of following what we're up to, we've been kind of flipping our life upside down so that she can move out to go to vet school in like a week. We yeah. both put in our two-week like notice at the days. same time, and uh, we oh. both ended our, our day jobs at the same time to to kind of go on this journey here. Yeah. I'm so excited. We're both unemployed. We're both unemployed right now <laughs> for like a month, <sighs> and then I'll be employed. Just makes the butt cheeks squeal up a little bit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> feels, but yeah. also awesome. I'm yeah. Yeah. You. I, mean, I was like just so excited to be here after like this break that we've had. Jobless because, like, you by said, choice is yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, jobless by choice is cool. Jobless by accident, not no bueno. Cool. No, not, cool. not good. Right. No, not a good situation to be in. Yeah, so I wanted to bring her on A so that people could see who's able to handle and deal with me. 
which is like <laughs> if I had, I, I wish I had the resources, room. I would have made an award to hand to you live <laughs> so people can see it happen, you know? Um, Dave is currently knighting Meg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Brienne of Tarth, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you want no, me to sing a song? But someone, someone, someone who's been able to deal with me and someone who truly has seen like this journey that we've been on and someone who's just been around when we're podcasting in her bedroom, when we're playing band practice and recording musicians at like 1am in her household, in her living room, when we're throwing house shows or having parties or whatever, you know, basically like been able to deal with me as an entity. So like I wanted to to get her on when she was, when she was, uh, when she was in this moment of all this change and everything like this, I thought it would be a cool episode to talk about maneuvering basically changes and goals and things that you're after as a couple, because it's something that I wasn't always good at. And it's something that we've just now kind of landed. Like I feel really good and confident right now, but there's ebbs and flows and pros and cons to trying to make it so that both people in a relationship can make the goals that they want in life. Like I found navigating that like a bitch Yeah, and I really wanted to share like kind of how that was from another perspective. I think Meg's perspective is probably a much more real perspective than mine. Cause I always kind of, I'm always thinking like, you're outside. real too. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Try to be, um, you anchor, yeah, you wanna, you anchor each other. Do you want to run through like where you're at? Like other than fragments that I put out on social and through this podcast, mm-hmm. like what, what are you up to in terms of your wake up? Oh work? boy. Um, so yeah, so I recently got accepted into vet school, probably back in January, um, which was insane. Did not actually think it would happen. Um, I've been wanting to go to vet school since probably junior year of college. Um, and that was through a lot of self-discovery and uh, pretty much just sat down with the course catalog and circled every class that I found interesting and went back and flipped back through and saw that every single one of them had something to do with an animal. Yeah. So <laughs> then I just Googled jobs with animals and vet was the first thing that popped up. So called the first animal shelter that came up on Google and asked if I could job shadow for a day to see if it was something that I wanted to do. Cause by this point I was a junior in high in college and had already wasted nearly three years of an education pursuing a major I didn't like. Um, so I went to job shadow and after the nine hour shift, I didn't want to leave. So I figured that that was a pretty good sign that it was for me. And then Definitely. started the very, very long <laughs> challenging journey to the uphill battle of trying to get accepted into vet school as an out-of-state student shit which is oh my god quite is it way different than being (sighs) in state like how much more different i mean we'll obviously so different so for all of a sudden the the, the dice are weighted dude oh god but like literally like it's it's unreal unreal so an average like vet school class size is about 150 to 200 seats mm-hmm. per year. And the most I could find for out-of-state seats that they reserve is 20 out of 200. And how many people apply to each school? That are out-of-state, over 1,000. 
<clears throat> nice. <laughs> I'm glad that you got it then, because that's insane. Because I remember in the beginning when you were just like, oh, you know, I'm applying to all these ones around here. And then I was like, oh, I'm so excited. You know, there's several around here. And then you're just like, yeah, none of the ones around here worked. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. What, even, what even was there? It was basically Tufts. And then yeah, Tufts, what else even Tufts is, is in Hattie, uh, right? North Grafton, which is near Worcester. And that's the closest. And then the next one would be Cornell. Mm-hmm. But that's like, like in New York. Right? Yeah. yeah. So that's Upstate. not also like I'd have to drop my life and move there right so and it's an expensive place to live so i didn't want to move to an expensive place if i was going to move somewhere we needed to move somewhere cheap mm-hmm. right. which kind of centralized the search to the south right it's a much cheaper cost there's of living. good stuff on the west coast too and there's good stuff like mid-state too mm-hmm. but mm. there's no new hampshire state yeah. school there's nothing. New Hampshire, make a state school that does vet <laughs> programs. You hear me? Get on it. And they used to have a contract with Tufts so that um, if you were an out-of-state student but you're a New Hampshire resident, you could apply to Mass. You could apply to Tufts as if you're a Mass resident. And most states have that. It's just New Hampshire is like one of three. That's mm. just like a lonely little island. We're so yeah. We're, so- we're we're pretty pro like keeping jobs here and keeping education here. And uh, mm-hmm. making it so that people don't leave our state for everything. I mean, good on you, New Hampshire. You like to keep a <laughs> you like to keep a tight border, and I appreciate that. But also, you know, let your people, let your people go and come back. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's tough. But, so, like, um, what is the whole like vet process? Because vet I have process. friends who are in med school. Mm-hmm. What's the similarity? It's pretty similar. Yeah. So the pre vet, there's no pre vet major. But it's pretty much the exact same thing as, like, a pre-med requisite okay. for the most part. And then, like, if you have animal courses, then take those because that just looks better, but they're not required. Mm-hmm. You technically don't need a bachelor's to get into vet school, but you need so many prerequisites that you're, like, you already have a bachelor's. Mm-hmm. And most people need a master's to get accepted just to boost their GPA and set them apart. Right. Because, like, when you're going through it, like, it took us, just for viewers out there that don't know, we're on year two. Mm-hmm. And so, it, the first round, there was, like, 100% no's. no. There's, like, yeah. one waiting list, like, possible if someone bails on us at the last minute. Mm-hmm. 100% no's. Second year is, like, rough. we finally got in. And a lot of people even take three or four years sometimes, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But there was stuff I remember Meg was saying, like, just certain things for, like, literally, if your GPA is this point... If like, I forget, you might have to say what, what they were, but there are things where like a machine would literally scoop oh, yeah. them out from even a person looking yeah. at it. Like before yeah. a human being even gets to look at who you are as a human, mm-hmm. it would be like you certain things would just computer. immediately like just scoop it from even being. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's making a face Automation on the Automation is killing all of us. I'm calling it right now. Yeah. Stop, man. So. <laughs> oh my God. That's, yeah. I mean, like I get it because there's so many people and I mean, it's so thousands. competitive yeah. yeah like i i even think of like the northeast which is the most competitive you know in terms of college basically that there is um, besides like you know west coast like mm-hmm. california stuff yeah. but like when you're like vet and med like that's everywhere it's that competitive so yeah. like, i can understand it but man like just mm-hmm. getting scooped out at the bottom yeah. of a pile like there's not even or even get a chance like, at that, that is that is like a no hope like yeah. there was there was yeah. no mm-hmm. shot Yep. I'm, I'm devastated right yeah. now for you. Yeah. Dude, it's seriously, yeah. it's like, like at least like if you get like an interview and you mm-hmm. lose, you're like, mm-hmm. I fucking tried. And there yeah. was something that, you, you know, you had the potential to ask that person, like, 
can I get some constructive criticism yeah, sure. on my interviews? Certain okay. schools you can. All right, well, that's good at least, but not all of them. Not though. all of them. Not the ones with the oh little scoopers God. that take your thing out. Yeah. So, well, all of them have the scoopers, as you put it. <laughs> so it's a computer algorithm. So you need to meet the GPA and the GRE requirements, or else you get the sad scooper. And if you don't meet those, then you're automatically like. Ixnade. Well, which is understandable. understandable. I thought it was just like, I see a keyword. No, 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 you no. You didn't capitalize this. Bah, I mean, they uh, may as well. That may be phase yeah. two, but that's phase one is you're just like, you run through a computer and if you're not up to par, then you're not up to par. And that fall, that once again falls into the out-of-state thing where out-of-state students have a higher requirement. So your GPA needs to be mm-hmm. like higher, your GRE needs to be higher, your mm-hmm. amount of hours in the field needs to be higher. Like everything yep. needs to be more. So you just spend the whole next year just doing all the more. Yeah. All the more. You just got to do all the more. And like for me, I didn't know I wanted to go to vet school. So I didn't start the program right. until I was right. two years into you college. Weren't like, you weren't prepping like I wasn't, day one of freshman. Cause if you were a year freshman, to like start, like how do I make this happen? Yeah. yeah. It was junior year and you're like, Oh shit, there's two years left. And then I have to do something that I fucking don't like. Yep. forever mm-hmm. for the rest of my life yeah uh-huh. so that's not mm-hmm. the one so and i was not a good student freshman year so mm. that like did not help my gpa at all so basically when i decided that i need to go to vet i was told i need to get a's in every course or else i'm not going to school so like what and was- that was like when i'm starting like chemistry physics biochem um starting to get into like you know animal behavior Mm -hmm. like the high end courses that are all heavy heavy science i needed straight a's what did you do to like batten down the hatches in that sense then like when you really knew like what were the what were the things that you did that you like knew were necessary for you to number one be successful in the rest of your school Mm -hmm. and then number two like make the transition into what you wanted to do um well for courses at least like i just uh um once I started caring about what I needed to do and I had like an end goal in mind and I had that vision, like I worked for that day in the animal hospital. And like I said, I didn't want to leave. That was just the motivator. And I just kept my eye on the prize and I just knew that I needed to do it in order to get what I wanted. And I just didn't really stop and really look back, I guess. Just all in. Yeah. yeah I just it- went all in once, once I knew that's what I, and Also, I got a new advisor who's, like, the pre-professional advisor. So, like, does the pre-vet, pre-med, pre-dental, all that. And he basically sat me down and was like, you're not going to vet school. Yeah. Like, not like this. Like, if you're going to go, like, you need to get your shit together. Yeah. And I think he may have actually said those words, like, you got to get your shit together. And I was like, okay. And I needed to hear that. Like, it was harsh, but, like, I left Mm -hmm. and it was a snow day and I started studying. I started signing up for courses. I called the vet hospital. I set up some more times for me to go. And it was like a wildfire. It was like, it just lit a fire under me and I just didn't stop. Oh my God. The fire in the gut and you just go. Yeah. Yeah. And then I did stop. <laughs> and then I graduated college. So I had to take an extra semester because I, you know, took so long to decide and I needed so much more courses to make up. So I had to take an extra semester. And then during that extra semester, I was fully supporting myself for rent, groceries, electric, tuition. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had no money when I graduated. Yeah. So the plan was to take the GRE like while graduating. So that way once I graduated, I had my GRE, everything was good to go, and I could just apply that round, do the first round, 
get rejected, do the second round, get accepted. Um, but I didn't have money to get home, let alone spend the money on books to study for the GRE or yeah. take the GRE. Cause that's, that's a few hundred dollars, oh, which yeah. isn't much when you're working, but that's a lot when you are a waitress in a tourist town and it's off season. That's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, if you're Every bringing home counts. like $50 a week, that's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so then life happened. Yeah. <laughs> After that, once I didn't follow the timeline, then the timeline spiraled. It's kind of like, it could be a pro or con, like probably mm-hmm. depending on who the people are, but I feel like we took our late twenties and we did it young or we took like our early thirties and we did it young. Yeah. Like we literally got out of school and then like the last semester Meg had when like the weekend after I proposed to her and we went to like, now we're working on like getting married. Then like we bought a house before we were even married. So like we bought our first home, mm-hmm. we get married mm-hmm. and we like did all this like Within two years of graduation. Older person thing, almost. It felt like at the time, anyway. We did all that then, and now it's like the rest of now is all towards like what yeah. we want to have happen, which is good. Which is good. And yeah. bad. Yep. Well, I don't think it's bad. I don't know. I think it's good. We're undoing things now. Yeah, but I think it's good. We have a much stronger footing. Yeah, I feel and, good. And I don't and regret any of it. all things happen for a reason. Like, yeah, the they house all had happen. to be sold to like have the capital to yeah. do these things and like... We didn't have to be married, I guess, but this is... No, we did. Dope. Yeah. But... <laughs> Dude, you fucking love each other. That's the whole yeah. point. So, that was nuts. Yeah. Like, if you could go through all that stuff together... Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What happens, like, when life happens? Because I feel like... I mean, <clears throat> I know for a fact I could, and I know for you could. Like, life happens to everybody. Yeah. yeah. And you like, start it's one doing, of those things you just don't... It. Realizes like you don't, happening. You, or, or you, or just happens. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it just like completely changes the whole trajectory mm-hmm. of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, right. And then like it's like the regrouping phase and it's the confu- Like sometimes it's even like for me, dude, I feel, still even find myself in like the confusion phases where it's just like, what the fuck is even happening right yeah. now? Yeah. And then how am I, like, how are, first of all, like, I mean, like kind of like, I don't know if you wanted to go into it, but like what happened and like, how did, how did that transition go? Like, how did, like, what do people do to take time? Because at least for me, I know that when we were talking about it, even before the show started that, like, I get this guilt sometimes where I feel like, um, like with time specifically where I'll come home from even like a really long, crazy day at my day job. And, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I'll be sitting at my computer, like going to do a spot or something. And I'm just like not feeling it mm-hmm. or I'm just getting on myself, about like not doing things like, yeah. like, Oh, you're not auditioning for that. Or you're not connecting with this person or you could mm-hmm. be working on that or blah, 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 blah. And successful like, people are doing way more than you. And then the, the rent the engine starts getting revved. And mm-hmm. like, what did you do to like combat that to like come back down? You know what I mean? Um, well, I don't know if I necessarily went through that, but it was more so for me, I got like the first job I could get out of college, mm-hmm. um, which was a really good job right. on paper. Um, so it had good pay. It was in the biotech pharmaceutical industry, which is huge in Boston, yeah. um, right in Alston. So I was commuting into Boston every day Yuck. Um, Yuck. and had Sorry. great benefits, good pay, you know, the works. Um, but the catch was it was an overnight job. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a healthy situation. No, that was bad from both, like <sighs> just a toxic work environment and 
the hours were just physically unhealthy for me. And then I never saw Dave. Like, we hardly see each other anyway, but, like, never saw Dave. Like, yeah. there would be just, mornings. You're existing opposite of each other. Yeah, there would be mornings worst. where I would have to wait for him to back out of the driveway for me to pull into the driveway. Dude, yeah, like, straight up. Like, I'm okay. literally, she's sitting there in the road looking at me, and it's like, hey, Love we you. coexist. <laughs> I'm backing up, and then it's like, to work. This is All right, marriage. cool. Every <laughs> day. And then, like, and then the weekend hits, oh, and then, like, dude, I'm working weekends. He works weekends, And then so she's re-flipping her time to, to get back, back on normal on person normal days, time. So that way, when he is home, I can actually see him and not just be sleeping. Yeah, you're sleeping all day. No, so, not, I know exactly where you're at because not good. I had that same experience with Sarah because when, when I worked in medical, I worked mm-hmm. overnights, too. And you're right. They destroy you physically 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 emotionally well i mean because there's so much between physical and emotional Mm -hmm. health like when you're destroying one of them you bet your ass the other one's falling right around behind it like it's like psych 101 dude like we talked on episode 10 with Mm -hmm. jake about like physical health and like your Mm -hmm. body in the way that like if you're tired, if you're if your body's like aft, it just makes it yeah. so much harder to be mentally in the yeah. right. Mm-hmm. It dysregulates way. your emotions. Like, and I, I wasn't eating because mm-hmm. I was never hungry. Yeah, I was only hungry when I would leave work, mm. and by that point, I had no food, and I would like stop at McDonald's. I became a regular there. That was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh. then you know they like? knew me. It was sad. I stopped going after that point. <laughs> it felt like your it felt like your horseshoe crab experiment in college, where you're trying to. St- to disrupt and learn their circadian mm, Yeah, rhythms. I was in a circadian lab, like, so I knew all of the effects of how bad it was like, for like, me. Meg's like controlling like lights in the day and seeing like how the horseshoe crabs look, and I'm like, that's our life right that's now. It's like, now. how do you function when we tr- change change the patterns that you do in every yeah. day? There's day, nothing day. worse. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing worse, because I know exactly, like, you know, com- coming from, like, being a psych student and just being like, dude, you know how the light cycle works. You know, you know. how this <laughs> you know. just makes your endocrine system go ballistic. You know how much this losing sleep and being on a different time and your body wants to wake up to this light right Mm -hmm. now and why do you want to eat at three o'clock in the morning and why do i want to eat french fries all the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's just it really does fuck with you like yeah you know what i mean and you're not you're and like you said like you did an experiment on a other living thing yeah like your body is not biologically built to be doing that no and when you start disrupting that like i mean i worked with a guy where he he had to quit because he w- he was a full time on the overnight and he was really really good at what he did but he ended up like he developed like crazy chronic insomnia and he Holy got addicted cow. to sleeping pills mm-hmm. because he couldn't mm-hmm. sleep anymore and so Holy he had cow. to end up doing you know yeah. what i mean and this yeah, is like oh, yeah but that i guess like that served the purpose you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i think at least for me that was a point where i realized like I think everybody does have their stepping stone moment yeah. like where you're mm-hmm. in it, but until you have the realization and it's pretty freeing too. It's pretty liberating when you're like, Oh, this is the stepping stone yep. and this isn't going to be going yeah. on forever. Yeah. And I'm, I'm putting myself through the absolute fucking ringer right now because this is going to pay off for me. Like you need it. Yeah. Three years yeah, from I now. Definitely I don't regret this. it. Oh, yeah, Once again, I regret it. nothing in my process. Yeah. Yeah. Like, investment. But you're like, God damn it. I was a regular fucking McDonald's. <laughs> 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 they knew my fucking name. Yep. What did you get? Uh, cause it was morning. So I'd always get the, um, Oh God, what's it called? The waffle with the, the sausage, the oh, sausage maker. With no Ethan. eggs. I hate eggs. Ethan Hunter got me into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a hash brown. I usually if I was starving. Oh, the hash browns. Yeah. So, um, you want to go? Ahead? I was. I've, I'm just kidding. Stop. Don't do it. 
<laughs> I'm vulnerable right now. <laughs> you know I'm weak. <laughs> we did wake up one time at like 2 a.m. to go get shamrock shakes. Like we both like looked at each other and we're like, wait, we haven't got a shamrock shake yet. And like we did wake up and get out of bed <laughs> in our like a fucking creep dude and go get shamrock we did I and i think they were, the machine was broken or something I, w- I worked with a guy who's literally the fucking man but every f- lunch break that we were at this is when i worked at the fucking car shop before i before i transitioned into working at the university cool. and i <laughs> dude he wanted to go to burger king every single day because those lucky charm shakes and let me tell you dude i oh. i know why they were fucking amazing but it's just like every <laughs> day yeah it's excessive yeah so we're, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I was miserable at the job, needless to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of like, look, doing some job search and seeing what I could get, seeing what I could do. Because I, I did have a job that required my bachelor's. So it wasn't like. The education was for nothing. The education was for nothing. And it wasn't like I was doing like a low end menial job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, a well regarded job. It was just a menial, boring job that soul I did not like. Yeah. It was soul job. Yeah. So I thought very long and hard about it and was like, basically came to the conclusion that I would be, if I looked back 10 years from now and was still doing pharmaceuticals, biotech company work and hadn't applied to vet school and hadn't given it a try, I would be disappointed with myself. So at the time I was like, I'm just going to try. And if I don't get in, I don't get in. But at least I know that I tried. That was kind of the motivator where I was like, I got to give it two rounds, two application cycles. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, then it's not meant to be. Mm-hmm. So when I finally saw Dave, probably a month after I decided this, <laughs> yeah. for real, we had a discussion, um, which did not go swimmingly at no. the start. No, I think... Um, why i think like i don't know if it was from like my feelers or if it was like because of our tentative plan like we got like every once in a while we kind of like come back in and say like where are you at the, where, mm-hmm. what, what are you trying for good, right well now? dude you know, good we, for we, you because honestly bro well a month could pass most by and you're people like, don't don't even realize that you need to collaborate on mm-hmm. a couple level so you exist as meg you exist as dave and then you exist as dave and meg mm-hmm. right and people don't fucking understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And, people uh, really do not fucking get that. And, and I think, like, one t- like so I don't forget this because it jogged it. Mm. I think it's important to do it while you're not doing other things. Mm. Like, we would have, like, a couch hangout. Mm. Yeah. Like, that would be, like... Like, it's like not like a multitask conversation. We're sitting down to talk about something that's really fucking important. Mm-hmm. And something has to come out of this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're not sitting here. We're I've, probably not even eating dinner. Like, it was literally, like, this is what we're, we're doing sit right down now on the kitchen table and talk about mm-hmm. to talk about like let's touch back in like three months or four months or six months or whatever yeah. it may be and be like what are you at yeah what do you want done right now and i think that's what it was mm-hmm. and i don't know like i don't know if i had it in my head that you were pursuing like local in the area i don't know if well I at this point i had written it off I, I was gonna say that like i don't I, know if i, I gave thought, up i was done yeah i don't know if i thought she gave up and, um, and I mean, like, you were headstrong in your pursuit. You had never wavered. You were always, this is, this is my plan. These are, this is my timeline. This is what I'm doing. Yes. Um, and then I came in and, and, and changed it. Yeah. 
How, what was that like? <laughs> not, it was not good. And it was, it was a learning thing for me where like some of you folks on the show might hear it from this people who know me probably see it. I'm obviously ambitious yeah, and I'm obviously like very like, like I'm determined like even on my bad days, like I'm, I'm back quicker than I used to be, but like I'm trying to get done what I want to get done Mm -hmm. and like God help me if I, if I don't do it. And I think that that got the best of me when Meg was like, like I'm, I'm expecting, okay, I'm, I I have in my head that Meg's going to, I'm going to go to vet school. Mm -hmm. That's on the radar from college, right? She, we talked about it then. I Mm -hmm. know that that's there. Yep. And then it felt like she's going to go local or I just didn't see her like applying like and and doing things and there's only so many and things I that I you, were you like behind the scenes no, or was it no, just not I happening? hadn't started at all uh-huh. I hadn't started the pursuit at all and, okay. and there's only so many things there's only like I I encourage Meg but like I also can't like like I'm f- fucking focused like I can't like she makes her own decisions like if she's yeah. going to apply or not I couldn't like you know what I mean so mm-hmm. I I was like kind of cycle like subliminally like I was like I think I can just keep going for my goal mm-hmm. and then when she told me she's like this is the goal that I want to do, like no matter what. And it most likely involves both of us or me moving across the country because there's no effing way that I can get in around the area. And if I do in Worcester, we're still going to have to move. Something's going to have to, something's happening. Like something's shaking up. Something in your Mm -hmm. world is changing fact. And then I think, dude, I took it really bad. Like right away I rejected it. I was like, I'm not doing that. Cognitive. Distance. I was like, I was like, cause I'm thinking financially. I was like, I can't afford, like we were living paycheck to paycheck. at the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't afford this house. And then another place for you to live at. If I move across the country, I have like these, these, these artists or these studio, like I have and, a studio I work out of yeah. in, in West Newbury mass on the fringe that I work out of. We have a great relationship. So I have access to this amazing studio without, having an amazing studio allowing mm-hmm. me to function right now without owning property like I'm trying to do. Yeah. Right. And, and I was like, I was like all in one instance, I was like, fuck, I'm losing everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Fuck. I'm going well, backwards. On your fucking head. I'm going backwards four to six years. I'm, I'm financially, I'm going backwards. I can't buy that equipment. I'm going to land in a place like, like every fear that I have about achieving my goal went back on me and it made me respond back against her without supporting her. And it sucked. Yeah. And it wasn't, mm-hmm. and it's not the side of me that I appreciate. Yeah. And it's not the side of me that I was happy with because immediately I rejected. I said, well, I'm, we're not doing it. I was like, I'm not supporting it. Like, I'm not moving. I'm not, I'm not giving up everything that I've worked for, for four to six years. I'm mm-hmm. not financially able to do it. I'm poor. Like mm-hmm. I can't do it. And it was probably like a week of like me having to like, 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 dude, I like we argued that night when she went to bed or, or she went off and did her own thing. Like I had like a breakdown. It's like, I am going to fucking lose everything that I've worked for and I'm going to go backwards. And then all the other fears come in. I was like, I'm never going to achieve it now. Well, you're like in that space already into the floodgates. Yeah. And, and it it was just like a very like me, me situation, you know, like, like vote, like a very like me rooting for me too much Hmm. and me not accepting a win together. Mm-hmm. And, um, it took like a week and I thought about it. I was like, if we move, I can rebuild it. I was like, I, mm-hmm. I, I am better at what I've done. I, I can figure it out again. I'll find a place. 
you know, financially we'll figure it out. I'm going to eat some shit for a while. Yeah. Like, and, and, and it, and it settled back. And I think after that, like, would you say that we're back on track? Yeah. What do you, what do you think mean, happened after like a week of me, like bitching about myself? Basically, as far as I can remember, basically you pretty much quickly, fairly quickly turn around and then it was like, all right, so what are we going to do? Like, how's this going to work? How does it happen? Like, the logistics, like, what's mm. your plan? And if you're going to do this, then I think you, like, said, like, well, you need, like, you need to get in. Like, there's no, I'm not putting my life on hold if you are not going to get accepted. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, then it's just a waste of my time waiting these two years to make my moves, waiting to see if your moves happen. Right. Um, which put a lot more pressure on me because right. it's not really within my control right um because that was but i think that that was like your once again your first gut reaction and then as the process unfolded you became much more like receptive to the idea that it may not happen because like the stability gets shaked up oh yeah like like you go from like you go from being a completely like one place in one minute and then all of a sudden it's just like side hustle it's just like it just floods over you Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden your every possibility is all of a sudden popping up yep and the flood like i said like the floodgate the snowball effect opened up yep and so like what what did you like what happened to like was it like when you cooled down so to speak or that you kind of like moved into like being able to 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 level with the logistics a little more yeah yeah i mean i think just time you know you just got Mm. used to the idea and then like realized that i i think most of it was also just like i had had that drive and that fire and then i lost it so Mm -hmm. it's like is this really a thing yeah do you really want to do this and how did you you understand um i don't know how i knew the second time i think it was just i had been doing more research and like can i work anything that i want with the degree i currently have right just a lot of indeed scrolling and found absolutely nothing um indeed yeah so i basically was like you know i just gotta do it because and like i said i just i needed to try and if i didn't if i got rejected i got rejected but i needed to try so that way i gave myself the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. you know 30 years down the road looking back on my life being like well i did the best i could but if i didn't do the best i could then i couldn't say that and i would just say i gave up on myself and i didn't try to pursue what i knew i wanted to do so that's kind of what the motivator was at that point was just when I get rejected, having to look back and be like, well, I got rejected. So that's why it didn't happen. It didn't happen because I didn't right. try. I didn't happen because of this. I was still expecting that it wasn't going to happen. Right. Yeah. Because Dave was always talking about it as a when thing. I'm a positive guy. And I was always referring to it as an if. He was always like, yeah, yeah. when she gets accepted. And I was always like, eh. If what if happened, I though? get accepted, see, I'm just like what you happened? in that sense. I'm like a proper. <laughs> what happened? I'm a proper skeptic. I, I, I'm quite I, pessimistic. I I always like don't think that like don't mistake my my optimism for ignorance because no, no, I, no, no, I'm no. not delusional not to naive. say that there's there's a, a loss. Yeah, I'm not delusional to say that that despite any amount of thought positively that it's possible that something will not happen. I just think that, like, when I saw from you at the time, like, at that time, I saw, like, either in the way that you said it to me, or, like, I knew that she was serious about, mm-hmm. like, I 100%, like, that was literally, like, the way that she said it was literally, like, with or without you. Yeah, like, that's like, kind of how I Like, literally, like, if you're it. in my way, 
I'm fucking doing it too. And then, and like, I was like, damn, okay. Real like, deal. Holy uh, field. Like we, we, were, we were really both now starting to go after what we wanted. And I was like, a, I need to align with it to be a better person and to be a better husband. Mm-hmm. B, I need to align with it because this is the only woman that can handle and deal with my shit. <laughs> and I sure as fuck cannot lose her. You know what I mean? So, um, hey, I knew that, I knew that you were, you were after it basically. Yeah. yeah. And then came the process of actually going after it. Yeah. And then it was, was, it was re- reforming the plan of like, that was actually like, that literally was the point. Like when I digressed and we were like, okay, like now I came, I come back to her like, okay, like, listen, I'm on, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. But like, how does this happen? Because mm-hmm. like that, he's that, very logistical. Then, like, the then still coming back and like being like, they're like, I'm still going after what I'm doing too. Mm-hmm. Like, like this cannot bury me. Cause I've been working my ass off without any days off yep. the past fucking five or six years to, to make this happen. So like, how do we do this? How do we compromise? And, um, and then that's when it became like a duo of like, okay, every decision we make moving forward, like there, there's still like a, there's still like a, a, a looseness to it where we're like, we're both very individual people. Like we're yeah. very solo people. So like, there's still like a looseness to it. where like, I created the podcast with you and, and stuff like I was like, Hey Meg, I'm going to make a podcast. And then she's like, don't make a podcast. Cause you're busy. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to make a podcast. I remember there's still that. like, there's still decisions like that, that happen mm-hmm. that like we give each other to, to be like, you know, like when we're just deciding, Hey, where do you want to get into college? Mm-hmm. Um, like we're talking South and then she's like, I'm going to apply to Montana. I'm like, don't fucking go to Montana. And she's like, I'm going to apply to Montana. I don't give a fuck about what you say about Montana. So there's still like solo stuff, but also like on the macro, it was like, I didn't apply to Alaska and I wanted to. It was like financially. Alaska's nice though. Financially. How do we make it happen? Yeah. Right. Because I was like, I was like, all right, so how are we going to do this? Because like we're looking at different areas, Mm -hmm. obviously like she finally gets accepted. And then we look in that area and there's nothing in that area. Mm -hmm. Like that made, that was a wrench in it. We're like financially, how does this happen? Because we barely afford this house. Like, how are we going to have this house? And you're going to have another place and an apartment. Like, you're not going to work. How are you going to pay for it? And I'm going to pay for it. You know, what are we doing that makes this possible? So then it's like financially we have, that's how we come up with this property down South. Mm-hmm. Like that, we're like, that's the only feasible way is that if we find some way to, to generate income to kill our monthly expenses, to make it so that we're not paying for two properties. Yep. You know, how do we, how do we make it so that I have capital to start up a business? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do we make it so that you have what you need so that you're eating and, and living and doing things without work? Mm-hmm. How do we do things? And then, and then like, and then what'd you do? Like, then what happened? Whoa. What do you mean? Like, well, you're, yeah. you're jumping way no, I mean, ahead like, here in the timeline though. No. I'm just saying, I felt that instance that we legitimately had joined forces for goals where yeah. I, I don't know that we had that together. No. Like we always supported each other. Yeah. But I, I think that that was when it really clicked into place to like, actually like, like be a team to mm-hmm. like, to, to, to kill these goals. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, like you're very individualistic, but like what we were talking about before, like you have to be two individuals and then, yeah. Cause you can't lose your own identity no. for no. the sake of being just engrossed in the couple. But yeah. like if you lose sense of, being a team then like you just put distance between each other because it's like self-interest and yeah. that weird balance especially with humongous life stuff like this like yeah. huge investments of time and distance and money money, money. and emotion mm-hmm. and just labor of all sorts 
Yeah. And like, that's a huge investment, but that's a, like, that really is exactly what it is. Like, you know, how am I going to get the capital to invest in my future success? Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, what does that look like? And, you know, what does that look like for both of us? And yeah, I mean, it, dude, it's hard enough. It's hard enough doing that with just you mm-hmm. like and then adding, adding another, another person, person to it mm-hmm. yeah. and then expecting them to also like do the same for you like that's mm-hmm. a huge and that's what comes with marriage obviously it's like well, a big commitment but. yeah because i talk about it all the time with people mm-hmm. yeah. like like people are like why didn't you move to la why didn't you move to nashville why didn't you just like go eat ramen or like because like here's the thing man like would i be in a better spot as an engineer if I just right out of undergrad, just move to Nashville or LA or New York or something and start like eating pure dog shit and just eating ramen and, and, and mentoring under someone possibly. Yeah. But like, I knew that I, I know that just the way that my head works, like I would be cool if I was in some shit apartment in a super dangerous area, just eating ramen. Yeah. But I wouldn't put that on her, even though she would, she's amazing. And she would do that with me, which is incredible. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't allow that. I would never do that. And so some people say that to me and like, at the end of the day, like, do I want to be an audio engineer? Do I want to live on my own? Do I want to do what I want to do? Yes. More than anything, I'm super hyper-focused on it. I'm doing everything that I can to align with it. Mm Mm-hmm. Do I want to be there without her? And like, like if I lost her and then fall into a pit of myself because like I was so hyper focused on me mm-hmm. and me, yeah. And I'm doing that activity. Would it be the same thing? I don't think so. It's just the way that it's just the way that life happened. Yeah. That this ended up being the right choice is is maybe not be so aggressive and forward, but but not be with the right person that mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be with. And like, yeah, like the meaning behind it like you know what i mean like what what's it, the point what, what of being even... such a success if you yeah. have no one to share it with yeah exactly. if you like if you that's why that happens i mean it's a way. sacrifice like you know what i mean like you would obviously have to be a sacrifice and you have to sacrifice things to achieve like you have to sacrifice greatly to achieve greatly yeah but mm-hmm. like it's like are you like is this or like is this something worth sacrificing and like i'm i'm right there with you it's just like this has to come with me or like man like you really have to go to the the chopping block and i mean if you're dead serious about it it was like what she was saying it's just like yeah like i'm gonna do that like with or without you and like i remember even having conversations with sarah similarly like on the thing it was just like you know like i want to do this and like if eventually things like like i always like thought to myself i'm like if some if a magical audition was to be given to me and i needed i was forced to move across the country would I do it right now at the mm-hmm. expense of my relationship? And I just almost instantly said yes. And just like, but like, I'm, I'm prepared to do that. I'm prepared to make that sacrifice as big of a just dagger to the heart that that would be. But mm-hmm. someone's like, Ryan, but it's like, you fuck, can get like, the voice acting gig <clears throat> of your life. If you mm-hmm. move to China tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. can you drop everything that you have, quit your job, like leave your shit at home and bring one flannel and fly out to China? Yeah. 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 But it's just like, <laughs> The second convert, the the second thing after that is how like yo, are you gonna come with me? Mm-hmm. Like, how can, and then what's can, the next can like, you, three years look like mm, after that? Not even that, dude. But like for me, it's the like at least with my situation, it's just like, can you come with me? Like, can mm-hmm. you please find a way? Because yeah, like let's do. You know what I mean? And I feel yeah. like that's what I get from like from listening to you, where it's just like a, I'm prepared to. But, but also fucking do this with me. Yeah. Because this is going to be yeah. something 
real wild. Yeah. yeah. Like, I really... I don't know. Did we've had this conversation before? Maybe just in with us and with or, or with other episodes where I think back to even like a year ago or two years ago where I was at mentally, uh, career wise, just with my ambitions, with my like regulation of myself, with perceptions of things, and it's a short two years is a very short period of time. Yeah, and to think of just like where you're at, mm-hmm. like as a human being. It's staggering sometimes, like, when you really think about it, like, damn, two years ago I was at this job, Mm -hmm. and I was in this place, and I was feeling this, and things were fucked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and and it sobers you almost to the the moment where Mm -hmm. you're like, oh. I progressed this far. Wow, man, maybe my bitching or this and that, like, I've progressed this far. Mm -hmm. And that's two years. Yeah. Well, then I think of, like, 33-year-old me, and it's like, yeah. What am I going to be saying about twenty-seven-year-old me, yeah. like right now? Exactly, that yeah. I'm not doing, and, and like that's. It, it was weird to have that perception shift because it, it ended up becoming like exciting. Where it's like, if you keep doing this and like, like I was like, make a, an investment in emotion or in a like a career or in a passion, then it like it does pay off. If pays yeah. dividends, you know, and it does pay dividends, and that's. You know what we found the other day when we were moving? What this was fun for me to hear because Meg read it to me is I wrote a letter to myself in elementary school and it is crazy, dude. First of all, props to me because it was actually like a very mindful letter. Very like super mindful. Second of all, it was fucked up because it was like during all the, like some shit happening. I was like, shit's going down. Like we're leaving our house. Like shit's going down. And this letter to me, it's like written in like the second or third grade. It pretty much says like, hey, these are the things that I'm up to right now. Like I'm friends with this person. I'm doing this. Like this is pretty cool. You know, having and then, a great life. Really col- happy. Yeah. Color in the line. And so the, the end is what kicked what, what was mm-hmm. killer, dude. The end is like, I don't know what you're doing right now in this year. And it was for like 2016 or something. Like yeah. It's for a ways away. I was like, I just hope that despite anything that you're doing, that you are happy right now. Are you happy? Question mark. Or you're as happy as I am right now. Like at, as being like a like, five year old. And it was just like, whoa. I just got called out by myself hard, <laughs> dude. I was like, even what we were just talking about downstairs before the rough. podcast started, where you find yourself in moments where you're doing the things that you're chasing for the reasons that got you into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like those very small inklings of, this is the right path for me. Yes. Whether it's yeah. with music or for me with voice, where it just started with cartoons and just fucking shows yep. and shit like that. And it, it just, it morphs. Mm-hmm. And to like know that, like to, to, to a, a, at the best essence, to win the game of life realistically is to make a living just playing. Like you're just doing your thing. You're doing your play almost. Uh, like that's the best way that I that has been that has been taught yeah. to me. Like that's what I've been trying to do because throughout this whole process, um, which we haven't really even touched on, like how difficult it was to go through yeah. the process of applications. Um, it's just been hard. It's been like a really, really hard, really lengthy, taxing experience. So I've been trying really hard to like reground myself, especially now after all this changes with the move and everything. Yeah. Um to to pursue what I want to do in the end, but enjoy what I'm doing currently. So even though I'm not doing what I want right now, 
I still want to enjoy what I'm doing right now. Mm. So even though I may not like to go to work every day, I still want to enjoy coming home. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm not living in my house that I loved, I still get to come home and I still get to be with my friends. And now I have roommates and I'm right. not like alone when I come home. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to find like the joy in the little things little as lines. I'm going through the big picture change. Even mm-hmm. though I'm not where I want to be, mm-hmm. I still, because it's going to be, you know, four plus years till I get to where I want to be. Mm-hmm. So I need to enjoy what's happening in the process or but else it's a, just, yeah. It's you know. almost like it's almost like because like I've been I've been hot on this lately because we started off the podcast like super hustle orientated and like what I've learned is that it literally depends on every person in the audience it depends on every person out there like what do you need a dose of right now mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you might be in a spot where you're just going home every single night and you're watching Netflix and you're not happy mm. that's the difference if you're yeah. fucking happy. If you're happy, you go home and you play video games every single night and you're happy. You're like, I go to work, happy there. Get home, happy there. Then keep doing that. Keep doing that, yeah. Do that every day of your life. That's fine. Mm. But if you're the person that does that and then hates life, then you need a dose of stop doing that shit. Go do your side hustle, right? Mm. On the flip side, because I kind of like, like leaving my job, like, I've been really careful. Like I've pushed some of my audio projects. Sorry if any of the bands that I'm working on right now are listening. I pushed my audio projects aside for like a month. I've gotten way behind. When I come back in July, I'm going to be a nasty motherfucker up here, like editing and doing crazy shit. Like, cause to get caught up, mm-hmm. I've, I've pushed stuff like I've never done in my life before. Like I've, I've switched a gear where like I, I've truly woken up a bunch of, you're, she's going to jump in and say that I'm still busy, which I am, but like, I'm doing things out of, I'm doing things out of happiness right now. But if you're in a spot in your life where you went the other way and you're like, damn dude, I'm miserable. Like I'm miserable chasing my dream right now because I work my day job and now I do the side hustle and I never, ever give myself the time to go out with people or to spend some time on Netflix or some, some video games. Like then give yourself a dose of that. Yeah. Even like if it's, it's literally just a like you need, it's, it's really hard because you need self-awareness, which is literally the hardest thing to come by in the entire planet. Oh, it's yeah. literally the hardest thing, mm-hmm. but with self-awareness, it's like, give yourself a dose of what's needed has been like the, like what I've learned the most, I guess, from doing this podcast, even like the waking up from work podcast. And then like learning, like <clears throat> what is needed because the, it, it, it is That's a huge problem. Like people like people have this innate like feeling like I need something like something's missing. Mm-hmm. Like there's a piece that's gone. Right. But the, like the other part of that is like, well, what the fuck is it? Yeah. And yeah, before, what is it? before, before going after it or getting into a process or starting new habits or con- making connections with people or any of that stuff, that stuff happens. Like it literally has to be like, well, what does it look like? You know what I mean? Like, y- you could just be wandering in a field aimlessly. Oh, what are you doing? Well, I'm looking for something. What is yeah. it? I have not a clue. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just wandering around in, like, the nether. And there's infinitely more things to do than, do you know what I mean? Like, there's infinite stimulus. Mm-hmm. There's 40 billion things that you could be doing with your day. Whether yeah. it's career-wise or interests or this and that. Until you know what it is that's going on, you like you said with that self awareness, like to how do you spend that time to channel it back in and to be like, well, what what am I even missing? Well, like, well, where where do you want to go? 
what are you trying to do? Yeah. How, reverse uh, engineering. You know what I mean? Like uh, what's like, what's like, it's, I, like I, it's not even reverse engineering. It's literally the first step of like, even the whole process of your brain, like redirecting itself to something new is like, and people don't like, if there's anything that I've learned, like working with people and working in psych, it's that people are really bad at knowing what they want and then also negotiating for it. Like there are, most people like don't even ask their, themselves the question. Like they're just so caught up in habitual life. everyday thing in, in life, like mm-hmm. things that are happening. And I mean, we're, it all happens to us, but that, br- that where you bring it back down to the present and well, what are you doing? Like some people, like it really is like actually, it, it, it really. Oh, well, I really, I can't even tell you how many times that I would sit down with people, like when I was at my job, and be like, well, what, what are you, like, what are, what do you want to do? Like, what, what's the most important thing in your life? And yeah, and you know, they they start rattling things off that they're kind of like doing on their like head. stuff that they do on a day to day. But I'm just like, no, but like, what are you? like going after like what you know what i mean and like what do you it, want it, it, it really rattles people's minds like what do, what do you want yeah like, even jake said it yeah like this is a question that he would he'd ask me constantly like with with whatever the context was what do you want and like when you ask the question like it seriously <laughs> it, it begs the question one dude and like when you can get to that point where it's just like what do you really want you can sit down with yourself inside of a dark room like a like a fucking psychopath and just sit there and what do you want and until you until you truly until it comes up from within you what do you want and you answer it honestly like that's the first step and then everything else falls in after that even with small stuff like habits and emotions and self-care Oh, what do you want to? Do? What would be good for us today? What's what's in align with our goals today? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I like, oh, is uh, working on some spots when I get home going to be what's going to be good for me, or is that going to really be like burning the candle at the other end for me? Yeah, yeah. Do I really need a workout today? Do I need to go to eat McDonald's? <laughs> is this one of the days where I can, you know, I'm I'm fucking grinding the shit out of it, and I really need to go eat some fast food? Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's. It's that present awareness that you were saying, like, and the awareness is the hardest part hardest. of it. And it's like bringing it down to the present and having like this, it's such a weird balance where, because like you have this idea of where you want to go, but it can't be so rigid and structured that it becomes almost like unobtainable because of how perfect and how specific it is. Right. But it can't be so vague it can't be so vague that you have nothing to aim at you know what i mean and that's mm-hmm. fucking wicked difficult dude yes to not be so hyper focused on something that you lose sight of anything else that means anything but mm-hmm. also engaged enough to where you're still moving in the right direction and that's a crazy balance and you need to do that on like six different levels yeah you need to do that in your relationship and you need to do that for your career and you need to do that for your aspiration and you need to do that with your friendships and you need to do that just like at, like with basic shit like oh are you drinking enough water today like have i been grinding so fucking hard that i'm neglecting physical health that i'm mm-hmm. neglecting this that i'm neglecting that like yeah. there's a lot of like layers to juggle and like what we were saying before Multiply that by two, and you're in a relationship because you need to be <laughs> cognizant of your of your partner's stuff. Yeah. yeah. Because when that falls by the wayside, well, then the team goal goes down, 
and you and know if, like, if team goal goes down and it means something to you, individual goals go out right out the shitter with it because you're fucking dunzo beans. You're like, that. all right, great, I'm the best audio engineer yeah. in the entire world, and I'm mm. fucking lonely and right. miserable. Yeah. So like, like what's mate. success yeah. if it's not worth sharing with someone? How did you guys like continue to stay on the same page? Like I, I, for me, like communication has like always been yeah. my biggest thing with other people. But like, Big what? Where? Where did you? Where did you like bridge that gap? Like, well, how did you really start like knowing how to batten down the hatches with each other? Like, now so, that this whole like, group thing was super important. So basically, to to rewind back in the storyline a bit, mm. um, when it was decided and we were trying to figure out the logistics, um, I knew that he wanted to do music, obviously, and he wanted to do recording, mm. and I knew that you know I was going to have to move somewhere. Yep. So I tried to apply. I applied to as many schools in like within an hour distance or like close to some form of music area so i applied to like university of tennessee which is right at, which is in knoxville tennessee yeah. which is so so close but not nashville but close so there's some music scene there i applied to uh in north carolina state which is near raleigh so maybe not like a music mecca but like definitely has some music scene going on there it was you know still a metropolitan area so i tried to like find a compromise where it was still going to give me a school that was great, but also try and tap into like what he wants to do. And then from there, it was also just communication. I would like run schools by him, be like, I'm thinking about applying to this place. Like, what do you think? Like, yay, nay. And, you know, I applied regardless of his opinion. Mm. I mean, I asked for it. Yeah. And then would tell him, okay, well, I'm still going to apply because of X, Y, Z. Um, and usually it was just because I need a lot of eggs in my basket. Yeah. Um, so there's only a certain amount of places that are near music areas. Yeah. Um, and then we just kept like really, really open lines of communication throughout the whole process. So he would check in on me and make sure that I was actually keeping up with studying for the GRE and taking my prereq courses and, and making sure my essays were written properly. And he would review them for me and we would just keep on top of each other with communication and accountability and accountability yep, and like both because you know like he said like I'm, he's not gonna waste these two years if i'm not gonna get my shit together so i needed to get my shit together and i needed to do it um which i would have but you know definitely was a stronger motivator having someone say i'm waiting on you so you need to do this mm-hmm. um but i would say mostly for us keeping this ship afloat was just talking to each other and just communicating and figuring out what each other wanted and needed from the situation and trying our best to accommodate that. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't quite <laughs> get any of those schools that I listed. Um, so when we went... Yeah. <laughs> Harrogate, Tennessee is, is the uh, uh, music capital of the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's super, super popping there. <laughs> so when we went down for my interview, because it's the only school I had an interview at, um, we did a few tours of other college campuses to like see, but we didn't tour that one because that was thrown in at the end. Um, but I went, well, not really. That was thrown in on the second cycle, so I didn't tour schools on my second cycle, only my first cycle, because, you know, it costs a lot of money to fly down to all these schools and yeah. tour them. <laughs> so we... um yeah. just take a casual plane ride yeah. for a tour. Yeah, just casual. Well, I that mean, road trip that we did with our friends was actually four. That Fuck was awesome. Yeah. Which was nice, but did then... Hell yeah. Didn't know about the Harrogate one when I did the first round of applications. I don't think it was very, it's brand new school. So, um, but then when we went down to interview, 
um, at Harrogate, Tennessee, good old rural Harrogate, Tennessee. Um, shout out. Shout out. Yeah. (laughs) 20 people that live there. We, uh, very quickly realized, I think we finished. We have one fan, please, God. (laughs) (laughs) We finished the, the interview tour, got in the car, and basically Dave was like, if you get accepted here, I can't move with you. There's no pos- not even music based. There is no job for me here. There is no business job. Nothing. There is no sales job. I would need to learn how to drive a tractor and raise a cattle herd, and I do not want to do either of those things and have no skill set for that. So it was very, very, very clear. No, he hates food. <laughs> no. <laughs> I am uh, I am known as a super non-fan of feces, <laughs> and Meg is going to school to put her hand into cows' butts, so well, she's not the only pro reason. feces. She's Meg pro is the pro feces partner. I would say that. So we get I'm political, not, dude. You know what you I mean? Know. Pro feces, con feces. Mm. You know what <laughs> I mean? That's, That's <laughs> I'm, I'm con feces too, but that never changed the fact that you had to work with it. <laughs> I'm strictly against this, but I'm also getting paid for it. So fuck me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of like the thing is that like we realized like okay, if I get into Virginia Tech or LMU, then there's no workforce there besides the college, which for LMU was even smaller. Yeah. So there's no possible way that he could move with me. Like just logistically. We knew that it would put too much strain on our marriage. It would put more strain on our marriage for him to move down and have to somehow support us on like $15 an hour. Less. Less. I couldn't even, there's no yeah. way. I'm not like an electrician or a carpenter. I'm going to be yeah. out there slinging. And, and just sit in our house and wait for me to come home after class all day and then me just go in my room and study. study. I mean, I'm not going to see him. So we decided when we were driving out of the parking lot of the interview, like, if you get in here, that's great. And I'm proud of you. And, you know, you do you, but I can't come. And I was like, yup, I already figured that one out. Yeah. So we were like way on the same page. Good. And then, you know, the letters started coming back. Well, the letters are now emails. So um, right after Christmas, between Christmas and I think two weeks after New Year's, I applied to seven schools, um, and then the rejections just kept pouring in. So the first school, I was like, man, I didn't really care about that one. Like, that was an add-on at the end. Like, wasn't expected. I didn't really even, like, I don't even think I met all the requirements. Like, I just, like, threw the essays together because I was, like, submitting the application. I was like, well, let's just apply to Missouri. Why not? Yeah. Let's just throw it in there. Little Missouri. Little Missouri. It's only another like $500 to apply. But fuck it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, fuck it. And then, so it got like, rejected like, there. Yeah, fuck it. And then. <laughs> I'm sorry. That just kept happening, you know, by, by like the fourth one, it was hard. And then the fifth one was like my, my top choice school. And then that one was a rejection letter. And that hit. That hit hard. I was yeah. to say, that was that it? was a rough, rough, probably the worst night. Yeah, <laughs> that was a rough night. Yeah, um, because I was also at the time working at an animal hospital to get more experience to bulk up my application process, and there was another girl who was a technician there who had also applied to North Carolina. Oh my god, I and got she's in. Like, oh my how's god, it going? Like, have how's you gotten your letter in? yet? Like, how, oh my god. how's it going? And oh my I was god, just that's like, so good for you. 
fuck I have I'm so dying. many choices yeah. right now. I can't wait to go home and ponder all of, all my, of choices. my choices. It just seems like she such got, a fun like, time pondering choices. So many interviews oh and like God, all so these things. Great for you, you <laughs> fucking whore. And it's like as and she's a sweet, sweet girl. As I much as you is. don't, don't want to compare, she's, she's a good human. You compare, and it's 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 impossible not to in that situation, especially from the negative view. Yeah. Like it's so hard it's so to look hard up at somebody else, especially when it's the number one school. Yes, it's when it's like, like the school. Yeah. Um, and you know, then the sixth rejection came in, and I was like, "Cool." Um, so this is Looking not dark. happening. What you know, is plan B? Round two. Round, and this is replication cycle two. And also, I've been out of school so long that in order for me to apply a third time, I would need to retake courses and and basically like restart my bachelor's. There is no three. There's no three. If it doesn't happen, if it doesn't happen out. on two, I was done. I can't afford it. We don't have time. We don't have time. Can't. I can't retake courses. Like it, enough's enough. Like that was the line. Um, so it started to be like, okay, well, what's plan B? And I think I even told you like, yep, I'm not getting into vet school. Um, so I'm going to go to med school instead. Yeah. <laughs> and was full head, like hog going into like, I was looking up like what schools, what tuition, what state I could move to <laughs> in the, the New England region to yeah. get in state tuition and to get in state residencies so I could actually get accepted somewhere. Um, I was looking up like the difference between, you know, the two different med degrees, whether you're a medical doctor or a DO. Um, forget them now because immediately once I got accepted, I was like, don't need any of that information. Yeah, fuck med school. Fuck med school. <laughs> um, so that. And then I was at probably my second or third week of my brand new job, which was a very, very good job, very lucrative, amazing benefits. Um, got the email that had the subject line instead of we regret to inform, but the subject line was congratulations. And I was at work, brand new, training on something, and I just like ran into a conference room and just read the email like, 20 30 times i flipped my computer over i was like fuck all you people throwing middle fingers everywhere yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. and then i think i i immediately called dave he answered i don't even think i said hello i just kept repeating i got in until it clicked and i think it was like the 10th i got in you're like what are you talking about i was like talking? i got in and you're like what do you talk? What do you say? What even what words are you even saying fucking got in dave I thought it was like a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I was freaking out. What did you get in? I'm very curious. What did you get into? <laughs> Are you in a tra- trash compact? Are you in a ditch? Are you in traffic? <laughs> Are you in trouble? <laughs> Do you need help? There's like code words like she's being abducted or something, and that's like pineapples, the way Dave, that she pineapples. <laughs> What's that mean? And then eventually it clicked without me saying any more words besides those three, because I couldn't think of any more. And you're just like, holy shit. Holy sh- Holy shit. Okay. Okay. Things are going to change right now. <laughs> a lot. Life is different yep. out of nowhere. Yep. And you're just boop, like, boop, all boop, right, boop, well, boop, we're going to celebrate tonight. And then tomorrow we're going to figure out what the fuck we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> I figured it would be way louder if we high-fived. Yeah, yeah it would be like percussive. Yeah. You guys saw it. Audio engineer. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. you know that that happened. That was better than you guys even perceive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then became the journey of how we did it, which yeah. that's when the communication really started. Like the process of ap- applying and doing it 
was all on me mm-hmm. and just him making sure I actually did it. Now it's team game. And then became the team game and it, it was a sprint. So yeah. it was two years of me and then from January until now of, well, what now? How are we going to uproot our life and change it yeah. entirely and flip it on its head? I remember being in your house and having this conversation like right outside the living room where we were in this episode and I was just like, oh, oh shit. shit, like things are getting different real, real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was, but you guys were amped. I just looked yeah. at you and you were just like. Yeah, I mean. You were freaking shaking, but you were ready to go. I could tell. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, the wor- like for me, the hard part was, is I love my house. Mm-hmm. I loved that house so, so much. And there were so many projects that I didn't have time to do because of all this application stuff and because of life. And it disappointed me that I wasn't able to do them. So we sat down and met with our realtor to discuss like timeline and like how much we could get for the house, you know, get like the logistics of it. And I was expecting like a two to three month timeline so I could finish painting. I could, you know, do all the things. (laughs) And he was like, all right, so in two to three weeks, we're going to list. And I was like, wait, what? And then you'll be out of there in like a month. And, you know, and then it'll sell within the first like two days. So then, then it'll be a month of closing. And I was just like, wait, mm. I was expecting three months mm. and you're telling me I have three weeks? Realtors don't operate like that. They go boom. Yeah, and I was like, fast. oh, damn. Like, and glad that he did because we just barely finished everything. And now we already have to pack up and move again. Yeah. So it was definitely the right timeline, but it was just not the timeline that I wanted to hear. And that's when it became like hard and real because that was when like pen was about to hit paper that yeah. was when now there's people now in house. we have to we have to leave now we have to move and now we have to deal with the house sale and then buy a house in tennessee and do all these things and then it was the packing and the the literal the, it was so like so like metaphoric but like ridiculous where i would have to pack and we had color-coded duct tape and it was like boxes that were going to new hampshire and boxes that were going to Tennessee. Yeah. And it was like literally like dividing our life. Color coding. Color what coding. Is be where Dave lives and what's going to be where Meg And lives. it was like, that was probably the, it was the hardest part. That was probably like the most emotional part because it was just like, wow, like we're not going to live together. And it was literally the division of the family. Yeah. And that was hard to and like literally be like, oh, well, yeah. And the kids. The fur babes. The fur babes. So the kids are getting separated. They are. They are. Fuck. Yeah, Harry staying. Harry. Hey, Kitty. Yeah. It's hard on them. Be there for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, Jesus Christ. And I'm thinking that I have a busy schedule. I'm just like, oh, oh dude, I'm like fucking running myself ragged. I got all this stuff that's going on at work and <laughs> da, 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 in my daily life. And I got this thing and you're just like, yeah, I'm buying a house in a new state. And, my, and I couldn't tell my, my relationship job. is going to be from across the country. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take a fucking step back here. And just, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just fucking put my problems away in a yeah. drawer somewhere. Yeah. And I couldn't <laughs> tell work. So the amount of times we just flew to Tennessee and they thought I was just like, Taking a long weekend, just like basking in the sunshine. There's so many friends. Like, Man, there. shit, you really like Tennessee, yeah, don't you? Yeah, they're like, you we keep going it. to Tennessee. I was like, oh, I was I have say, friends I've who never live been there. there. Nice, eh? It's, the bomb. it's very nice. Yeah. It's, it's a very pretty awesome. area. There's just no work. It's like New Hampshire, only way hotter and bigger, and a lot has cows. really good food and a southern and accent and better whiskey, but worse beer. Really, way worse Maybe. beer. 
Tennessee, mm-hmm. what the fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah, I don't know. No Definitely Your whiskey, like a lot more music, I mean, dude, the whiskey is like, that's a given. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Like, You guys got that on lockdown, but yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. And it's a dry county. What does that even mean? Exactly. <laughs> Can't buy alcohol. Exactly. Or get served alcohol in my county. Wait, has, is that that's a thing? Yo, dude. <laughs> Isn't that unconstitutional? <laughs> that is still a thing. What the still f- a thing. Bible is this 1927? Basically, Basically, yeah, that's yeah. exactly how it is. Yeah, there. it's very, it's stuck in a time warp. It's absolutely crazy. Absolutely like that, yeah. They didn't, we, Dave <laughs> had to teach him how to use Venmo and everything. They were like so anti technology. It's crazy. Venmo? Do you guys have any fucking gasoline? Like, they drive <laughs> cars? They drive petrol down there. No, is it? <laughs> what are they from fucking Australia? <laughs> yeah. No, but it's a great area. Yeah, I'm and not the people are the area. Awesome, I'm just saying, like, God damn, like, a dry, dry county. county. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I had a dry dorm when I was fucking 18. <laughs> she, <can drive. laughs> she has to drive, like... 10 she, minutes. Yeah, it's like 15 minutes she can get up. She can buy alcohol. Yeah. But the, here's and the weird thing. I can thing. bring it back. It's there's, just I can't buy it There's there. one... Oh, it's a tri-state. I thought it was, like, a... No, there's not, like, a security checkpoint. Here. It's a tri-state. It's three states. That's why, because the okay. alcohol consumption is not happening in that portion of Tennessee. Yeah, she can go to Virginia, yeah. or wait, she yeah. can go to Kentucky mm-hmm. and get served alcohol, but then she can't go anywhere and buy alcohol to bring back to her house. And then she can go to Virginia, and she can buy alcohol to bring back to her house, but she cannot consume alcohol at any restaurant. Well, we don't know that one. We never, we never went to a Virginia restaurant. I don't there's think there many, is any. Listen, man. There's too many fucking rules for me right here. Yeah, comes to drinking alcohol. And you can drink that alcohol if you have it. Yeah. But you can't Purchase buy it, it anywhere and no restaurant serve it. Oh, God damn. When I come to visit you guys, you're going to have to write it down on a fucking flashcard or some shit. <laughs> yeah. <I'll put> it <laughs> it's just like, I'm from New Hampshire. We go to the store. We get the beer. We, we bring it home. We drink the beer. We go to sleep. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very procedural for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's very self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Like, what can you do in New Hampshire? Basically anything. Basically anything. Live anything. for or die. Yeah, yeah live yeah, for anything. or die, baby. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Circling Ready? back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is this is this the end? Oh, dear. Should Are be. We? What the... F- I mean, we've been just going. Mm-hmm. We're like 115 right now. Yeah. Really? I like it, Hot dude. Let's fucking I go. said 115. I didn't look at that time. I can't see that. I'm pretty alive. Pretty on it. Yeah, pretty on it. Felt that. Dude, that's the podcast host I've become. That's mm-hmm. the audio engineer on the inside. Like a Jedi. Mm-hmm. No. You so got that game sense. You're in t- that flow state. Time to cap it out. I'm not. I'm not. Does Meg support the capping out? Hashtag capping it out. Yep. I'm just not going to indulge. <laughs> she supports it. She supports <laughs> she me. She supports it. <laughs> I'm putting words in your mouth, Meg. <laughs> All right. So I always ask the same questions mm-hmm. you've listened before mm-hmm. so you know mm-hmm. what's coming your way i forget them now that i'm sitting what here. what made you pursue this i'm bringing it back dude i know i cut it bringing it back what made you pursue this passion in like an all-in serious way like what made like i need to be a veterinarian like what made it so like that's what has to happen 100 percent. the day i job shadowed at plymouth animal hospital and like i said i worked a nine-hour day and was disappointed that I had to go home. I yeah. wanted to work longer. And I was sad that I needed that I wasn't gonna be coming back soon. And I had to rearrange my schedule to come back. Oh shit, I can't be here every day. Oh shit, yeah. Damn. I have to go to class now. I don't want to go to class. I want to stay here. I learned so much here. I want to just stay here and learn. That's very That was real. the day that I decided. What is the best nope worst idea? 
or worst thing you've done in this process throughout throughout all of going after this so far? Like, what's the worst thing that you had where, like, other people out there are like, actually, I really, really want to go after vet school. I want to mm-hmm. do it. And you were like, hey, don't do this one thing. Don't do it. Don't be from New Hampshire. <laughs> but no, seriously. Um, for real. I mean, to be born in a certain state. I don't know about necessarily for the application process, but more so just for, like, the self-discovery process where, like, it wasn't a waste because in the end, I feel like I'm a stronger, better person. Da, 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 you know that. Yeah. Um, but I think that for incoming college students, figure out what job you want before you just go for a major. Because the job yeah. that I wanted, which wasn't a job, but the field that I wanted to go into is I wanted to save the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a job title. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like anything within the environmental industry. So I just went in and was like, I want to save the planet. So I don't even care what I have to do. I'm just going to be an environmental science major. Mm-hmm. And then I quickly realized that all of those jobs I don't have any interest in. Mm-hmm. So I would suggest to like incoming college students or people who are trying to, you know, find a new career path, figure out what career you want to do. And then gear your education towards that. But don't just blindly go for an education and hope that something's going to come of it because it's not. Mm -hmm. You know, where you went into school, you wanted to be an audio engineer. So you got an audio engineer degree with a minor in business and you were focused and that's what you did. And you were passionate about all the things you did. Yeah. And you you struggled, but like you you had that goal and now you're achieving it long run. But Mm -hmm. I went in just having no goal like most college students i would say and that would be my my one advice is know what you want to do before you just blindly go Hmm. reverse engineer basically want to like what do i want to do when i wake up every single day Mm -hmm. if there's no financial there's no relationship there's no place that i have to live there's no there's literally zero constraints like i'm in heaven i have the perfect pretense Mm -hmm. for everything i want to do what's it look like when i wake up during the day Mm -hmm. yeah how do I, then, how does that happen financially? Mm-hmm. How does that happen as a couple? You start yeah. adding in all of those. Then you add happen those. For a living? Yeah. And then, and then. How do I make it happen? Then mm. there's a plan. Yeah. yeah. So flip side, what's the best thing that you've done throughout the whole process? Like what, 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 when you're like, you tell these, these people who are like, I don't know if I want to go for vet, you know, it's just uh-huh. hard. It's, you know, I don't want to move. My, my husband doesn't want to go anywhere because he's a prick that likes audio (laughs) you know what do you what's what's the best thing that you can tell them you're like absolutely pro this like do that thing like that's a good thing just do it um nike nike yeah um (laughs) sorry no are you getting like a sponsorship or something that like i'm not aware of like My, yeah. <laughs> they're gonna buy my coveralls Nike, if, you're, if you're randomly watching this shit Philip right now and you want to sponsor us i'll put I the swear, swish on anything you bastard <laughs> i'll put the swish on anything um, dude no uh <laughs> pay me my money sorry i don't know i guess just for like for me like don't get put don't get put down because you are different so i'm a non-traditional applicant so i've been working for four years now so instead of like the first time I applied, I tried to hide my my divergence and my my biotech experience. But then the second time I applied, 
I emphasize like, hey, this is me. This is where I've been. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you did in your interview too. And I did in my interview too. That's and that's definitely it. what killed it. Because I actually got accepted three months earlier than I was supposed to. I wasn't supposed to hear back till March and I heard in January. And I think I just killed the interview because I was just like, this is who I am. This is the experience that I'm bringing to the table. And I like that last question they did. Where they're like, if you don't get into vet school, like, what are you going to do? Yeah. And like so many other people, like we we're talking about in the lobby and they're like, if I don't get into vet school, I'm going to just die. Yeah. They were like, oh, I'll just keep applying and applying and applying and applying. And I was like, listen, this is the, I'm out of money. Yeah. This so is my last this is my last shot. try. So if you don't accept me this time, then I'm going to go to vet tech school and I'm going to go get my master's in business and I'm going to open up my, I can't open a practice, but I'll manage a practice. And I, I went on like a whole like 20 minute spiel. And like the interviewer just like at the end just like stopped and was like, oh, well, that is an, a very real answer. I have never heard that before. And I was like, really? It sounds so simple. And she's like, yeah, no, I've never, never heard that before. That's you're very boss. real. And I was like, oh, okay. So I think just the best advice I can give is just be yourself be and honest. just be honest and, and use your your differences to be your, you know, what separates you in, in a positive way. Basically, yes. Don't try to fit that fucking mold. Don't fit the mold because like, there's so many. Make, make the mold. Make the mold. Make the Not mold. break the mold. That sounds. Oh, that's cliche. Make the mold is new. Yeah, make the mold. Yeah, you're new. <laughs> I'm on JV. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fucking newbie. Um, okay, what would be a book that you'd recommend the audience? Yeah, I tried to pull my my Audible account got messed up, so that's why I was looking at my phone earlier. Um, I can't remember any of the books I used to listen to, but, um, a podcast that I really like, and it's definitely vet based, but podcast of vet, they, they have a really good, strong community where it's a lot about vet school and a lot about the vet stuff, but it's also very like heavily on like wellness and like work life balance and how you handle high stress jobs and getting into vet school, being a veterinarian and dealing with, you know, a lot of the the really bad parts that are affecting the industry right now, like suicide and and all that, and it, and it really is trying to build up the industry rather than tearing it down, and like empower cool. you to do those things. Mm-hmm. And then a book, which is entirely different, would be Rich Dad Poor Dad, because um, I just think that a lot of those cool. messages for both financial and just like the way you think about work um, yeah. are good messages to to read. That one, like literally like i think i need to listen we, or read it another two to three times we we do have a 15 hour car ride coming up yeah get it on I know. let's go dude <laughs> that's pretty put soon. it on but yeah that one that one that felt good i'll have to read yeah. it you it's have good. to dude it's I good. Definitely it's do. good. We, we've had a bunch of our guests mention it too i think pete mentioned it too yeah that's definitely there yeah um so i know that you are a pretty much the most avid Instagrammer Facebooker that I've ever seen. Like sometimes it's really big problem in our marriage to get you to put the phone down and stop being such a blogger, social media influencer, you know, but where do people keep up with you when you're ignoring Facebook and Instagram? I don't even know what they're called. (laughs) It's probably my old last name. Dave is being completely facetious. Yeah. 
at Dave wake up when I talk about my wife. Like, probably. <laughs> you just tag me more than I post, so that's probably the better spot. I do it Follow for fun Follow me now. on my cameos on my husband's freaking social media. <laughs> I do it for fun I... just to see if I get a response now. I'm like, can't wait to do this thing with at Megan Swillam, and then like I see like your family's like, oh yeah, really? yeah, you know, and like like wait to see it, and like maybe at the end of the day, it's like Megan Swillam liked your photo, and like, <laughs> maybe four days Damn, later, dude, I'm getting recognized. Like <laughs> that's me, dude, because I'm not on Facebook, so I'll like like Sarah's post from like six months ago. I'm like, oh, I remember 2006. that. 2006. Yeah. a little late. I'm just like, yeah, I have a fucking life. Yeah. Thing, so. <laughs> okay. So, so I, I honestly, I think it's still my my maiden name. Never change them. All right. So if you look up Megan Doroska, you'll probably find the shell of an account somewhere out there in Remnants. It just has like and one picture of Charles. On, yeah. And you can see our dog <laughs> who's right here. He's adorable. Um, or you can hit me up if you were like, if you're a vet, no, but for real though, if you really want to pursue vet or something like that, and then you have questions that you want me to follow up with Meg or mm-hmm. throw them on this Facebook Live comment uh, thing throw it on Instagram live mm. comment thing, or just hit me up direct message and be like, Hey, I, or my significant other is really wanting or is not trying to go to vet school. Like hit mm-hmm. us up and, and let me know if you have any questions for her. And I will, uh, see if I can pass, pass her in my truck and, and say, Hey, and, and ask her the question if I could finagle that time, you know? Yeah. It's so difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweet. Well, yeah. thank you, hun, for being on the waking up from work podcast. Yeah, thanks Meg. Hard to, um, contact you so i know so hard like you're so busy finally just getting this opportunity to sit down after all your conflicting schedules that is a thing like that really happened yeah i know i know but um episode 22 of the waking up from work podcast ryan and i are doing a double session tonight so we're actually like fucking Let's podcasting go. our heads off like yeah. we'll be on <laughs> fucking marathon. In a little bit to be on more tonight and talk to whoever is listening so thank you guys for listening to the waking up from work podcast Appreciate it. Peace. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to that episode and hanging out with us. That was episode 22 of the Waking Up From Work podcast. I just want to give a shout out. Um, When we were doing Instagram live for actually the episode after this, I I was telling people, hey, hit me up and tell me your opinions on Instagram or Twitter at Dave Wake Up. And this young lady named Megan reached out to me and she kind of told me her background um, in her trades and what it did for her and her family, despite some of the adversities that she faced and told me that the the podcast meant a lot to her and was having an impact on her. And I just want to say thank you, Megan, for reaching out to me and sharing your story. That means a lot to me to know that this you know, podcast in your pocket, in your car, in your headphones, where you are. I didn't mean to rhyme, but I'm keeping that. Um, means something to someone. I'm I'm really pumped up on it. Please guys, if you want to just chat, let me know where you're at, what you're after, how things are going, what you think about the podcast at Dave Wake Up on Twitter or Instagram direct message and uh I love this shit, man. Like send this my way and I'd love to talk to you. Um other than that, you want to check out some things we went over on this one, go to wakingupfromwork.com/shownotes and you can see what we wrote up is pinpoint stuff if you want to read real quick. Next episode is going to be kind of a debate that I've toyed at throughout many of the episodes, talking to some of these entrepreneurs and 
these artists and things like that. And it's going to be about college. It's going to be about to college or not to college. And don't worry. It's not going to be opinionative in the sense where I'm saying like, you should do one of those things. It's really just a firm breakdown from Ryan and I based off of our opinions only on what instances make sense for it and not and what is going on in terms of the demographics, the ages and the generations going through these changes with technology and the effect that this has on it on the macro sense. So I think it's really interesting. I think that some people might get frustrated. I think others are going to get pumped up, but overall it shouldn't be anything so much controversial where we're saying one or the other because we really don't believe one or the other is the way you'll hear that when you get into this episode, it's really breaking down like the components of the decision of what makes sense for you to go after what you want to do without any external forces, even your parents, your wife, your loved ones, your friends, like keeping those outward sources out of your head to make a decision of what makes sense to get you the vehicle to get you where you want to be at. So episode 23 coming at you next is going to be super sweet. If you're into that, thank you for hanging out. Get ready to Peace. Hustle.